welcome to Flock Tales, where we uh, drink and talk about birds mostly. I'm Ashley Ola. I'm Maya Hershey. I'm Kristen Brunk. And I'm Jen Schneiderman. Woo! And we are your four resident bird nerds. Hi. And we took a little <laughs> bit of a break uh, for some personal stuff and some field stuff, but we're back, bitches. Can't mm-hmm. keep us away. Yep. <laughs> Can't keep us from talking about birds. <laughs> That's like asking the sun not to rise or the frogs not to croak in incantation that summons an, eldr- summons an eldritch horror. Mm. Can't what? stop those frogs. Quite impossible. <laughs> yes. Eldritch horrors everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They're incomprehensible, which is why you see them and then forget about them. Right, right. I never understood that really. That's like my my Lovecraft uh hold back, I guess. Mm. Uh, I don't like it feels like a little bit like lazy to be like, I can't describe it because you couldn't comprehend it. So therefore I'm not <laughs> going to describe it. Like, okay, thanks. That's real scary. Good work. Yeah. So I did something similar this week for all of the field exams and birds class. I was like, there's a bird. But I know you're not going to know it, even though you had to learn it, so I'm not going to point it out. <laughs> you would tell them that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, mm, there's... Th- okay, it flew... Like, it's in there. It was Ruby Crown Kinglets most of the time. Oh, so you fast. Need, I need... I need so... Our listeners need so much more context mm-hmm. than they just got. <laughs> so, it's true. It's so true. I was teaching... Um, some undergraduate students how to identify birds and this week was the last week of class and all semester they've learned i don't know 270 some odd bird species that happen to live here in wisconsin or migrate through wisconsin um and so this week since it was the last week of class we took them outside for three and a half hours and had them identify 40 birds um, as sort of an exam. And I guess that's the backstory. I would have to point out (laughs) birds for them to identify without telling them what it was. And to be fair, though, it's so hard to point out birds in such a way that students actually get a really good look at them because you have zero control over what the bird is doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they do this thing of, you know, flying. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough times. And like Ruby Crown Kinglets, the one I was talking about, um, they're very oh little and they're very nondescript. And there's other birds mm-hmm. that look like them. And they just sort of never sit still. And they like to be mm-hmm. in a bunch of shrubby, brushy areas, which makes it hard to like see them in like out in the open in good view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Also, so all four of us have TA'd this class before. And when you were talking about field exams, it was just reminding me of like my first semester as a TA. I was really young and I was just like very stressed out the whole time. And I got to be the field exam and I was like, oh my God, like trying to find these 40 birds and make it fair and like have all the students see it. And you're just like really like kind of like, oh my God. And I got to, um, the preserve where we do this bird exam and it like somehow aligned with May Day, which is like <laughs> such a Madison moment. But for some reason there is like this really like hippie like May Day celebration going on <laughs> among like <laughs> retired aged people. 
and they all had fucking like jingle bells tied all no, over their bodies, no. and they were like dancing away as loud as possible to the end of the point to like the maypole thing where they oh. were like you know like weaving oh the my god it was the loudest like most disruptive oh thing no that could possibly have happened. so <laughs> that sounds worse than what happened this week this week there was a worm eating warbler that people had been seeing uh, yes. at picnic point all week which is where we the this natural area where we did the field exam because it's right on campus um and so there were all of these birders out trying to find the rare worm eating warbler and my little group of students, we'd walk past these groups of birders and they would just start <laughs> blurting out all of the birds. Uh, and I'm like, no, no! <laughs> you're telling them all the birds I put on the exam. Oh, my God. You motherfuckers. Oh, oh, classic. Yeah, that's rough. I was definitely one of the people there looking for the warbler and it crossed my mind that that was going on. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Yeah, we might, but uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, my group of students literally missed seeing the worm eating warbler by seconds. I was upset. Uh, I was so sad. Kristen, you're laughing, why are you? I laughing? think Lenny's being silly. Can you see Lenny? She was just like reaching out and touching my cup with her paw for no apparent reason. It was just sometimes cool. you just have to touch the cup. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to touch the cup. Mm-hmm. Don't touch the cup. Touch the cup. Do it. <laughs> she touched the cup. Oh, her asshole touched my hand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, the worst. Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably really clean. She licks it. She does do that a lot, which is good because I have no hand sanitizer here. I mean, it's probably as clean as her mouth since she licks her butthole. So, you know, that's true. Mm. I'm just not going to put my hand in my mouth. It'll be fine. Probably a good call. (laughs) Yeah. Should we maybe, for this episode, clarify who Lenny is? Oh, yeah, sorry. Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny's my roommate. <laughs> no, Lenny is my cat. It's short for Eleanor or Lenore or Leonard. Whatever. Pick your poison. <laughs> like Leonard Nimoy? Yeah, like Leonard Nimoy. Or uh, like Lenore of Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. fame. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or Eleanor, which we never actually call her. The only one who calls her Eleanor is the vet, because I told them that was her name, which is silly, because <laughs> we never call her that. <laughs> it's like, um, you know how some people don't really like their first names, and so they go by their middle names, and then they only get called their first names by, like, their grandmas? Mm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. We should actually start. Should we actually talk about yeah, birds? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, we got to introduce the topic. So, mm. wait, who wants to introduce the topic? I don't want to do it. Fuck oh, that. but you always <laughs> do so well. Yeah, you do it so yeah, good. Fine. No one else okay, can talk. Okay, I'll do it. Jen, all you. <laughs> this is my second drink. I'm not going to be able to talk for well, much longer. Okay. Could... Um, huh? Oh, I was, gonna, I was just going to say it uh. without much fanfare. <laughs> Okay, do it. We're talking about Thank spark you. birds today. Jen, stop over talking. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
think we're really nailing this episode our first episode back so, after so yeah. so every week every week jen has uh show notes for us and every week the show no- the like first show note is don't over talk so that was just a little bit of payback right there um are you okay jen yeah but please introduce the topic i'll be fine today we're gonna talk about um our spark birds so sort of like telling you stories about how we started to get interested in birds and all of that cool stuff sorry and everyone is just destroyed already. <laughs> yeah. Kristen and Maya are just like in their respective I houses, fine, just like crying from laughter. I'm sorry. Lenny got her like lip stuck in her tooth that she was just like staring at me like. cats like the utter seriousness of a cat but also her face was like fucked up <laughs> just made me snort a little i'm sorry don't apologize oh. we're gonna have to start the drinking game again it's gonna be an issue oh no <laughs> i didn't bring another drink so no no drinking games no <laughs> it's bad okay um that was that was excellent ashley you're you're fantastic you should do this episode mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. just I love you. you were, anyway, you were killing it, and I apologize for interrupting. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We had to figure out why half of the group was having a laughter meltdown. <laughs> it was a good story. It was. I'm not. I'm not gonna laugh anymore. The whole podcast. No. Don't you worry. Laugh. Fucking lie. Do you think I could do it? I bet I could do it. <laughs> I will bet you. I will bet you a six pack that you can't do it. You're okay, underestimating what I would do for a six pack. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I will bet you. I will bet you one cocktail. I will make you a. I will make you a custom bastard cocktail. Ooh, just for you, and I will only make it once. Will you Ooh. name it after me? Yes, I will, and no one else in the world will get it. Ooh, what? If you can get through the episode without laughing. I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be a good cocktail, but I'll make you one. <laughs> I'm so down for this. You're on. Okay. You can't, from the time, from now until we stop recording, you cannot laugh. Okay. Wait, can I have like a, can I have one laugh right now to get it out of my system? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. I would not be able to do that. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. No, me either. No. Good. I'm ready. You're on. Okay. The problem with this is that when I'm talking, I laugh after everything that I say because apparently that's, that's just what talk. I do. And I hate myself for it, but it, there it is. I know. And that's why I'm taking this bet. Okay. Ashley, I'm sorry. Please continue. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, Spark Birds. Um, I think we decided that I'm going first today. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I will. Well, I don't have a real great story. Um, I don't know. Uh, I do remember a distinct time when I was like in, I think I was really 
early in high school, maybe like freshman year or something. I was babysitting and it was the summer and I saw this really bright yellow bird in a tree and it was an American goldfinch, a male American goldfinch. And they're this like really bright lemony yellow and they're beautiful, but I never like noticed one before and I didn't know what it was and I thought it was the Mm. most beautiful thing. And I was like, I didn't know there were birds that lived in Wisconsin that could be that beautiful. I was like, it must. I only thought really colorful birds lived in tropical areas, like the Mm -hmm. rainforest, right? You see all those like nature documentaries and there's just all these beautifully colored, amazing birds. And Mm -hmm. they never make documentaries like that about Wisconsin. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They should. Like a really insane documentary that's just like everything is super bright and like mm-hmm. oh. dude yeah. somewhere like the baraboo hills yeah. would be really fucking Ooh. cool i'm just oh my god we should get on sweet. that mm-hmm. there's a lot of really yeah i mean the birds in our backyards are so underappreciated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh but that so like that's like the first time i really remember noticing a bird and being like oh that's so cool but i didn't really get into birds for quite a while after that um, mostly because I didn't know it was a thing and I didn't know anyone who really looked at birds or anything. But I guess that's mm-hmm. sort of my my first mm. story. I don't know. It's not, not amazing, but... But it's so cool still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's like the first step to becoming a birder is just fucking noticing them. Mm-hmm. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. step. Mm-hmm. And it's so true, like you said, that you didn't really get into them because you didn't know that it was a thing. And that's, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like so much of learning to bird is like finding your people to go with mm-hmm. and like ideally someone who's better than you and can teach you something. And it, it I mean, it reminds me of like things like getting into hunting too are kind of like that mm-hmm. um, and fishing. Mm-hmm. It's like all about having a mentor who can help you get into it and make you feel a little bit more confident in your skills mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool. That's my story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I liked it. <laughs> Maya! Ooh, okay. Yeah, I've been actually thinking about this question, like, all day. I was not doing field work today, wandering around, just, like, trying to think about what I would consider my spark bird. And it's hard because I, um, like, the just the way that my parents are really into like birds and natural history. And so it's been such a big part of my life for such a long time that I honestly don't remember like the first few times that I noticed birds. Um, so yeah, I've just been uh, yeah, trying to like remember or I like, think of one particular moment, but I think the one that stands out to me probably the most um, is a wood thrush. Ooh. And this is a, um, a forest species here in Wisconsin and they so that it's in the thrush family like same as robins they're a little bit smaller um and have like really like warm brown brownish red feathers and um like really like bold black spots on their throat and breast and they're not like the most striking bird to see necessarily but they have this incredible call that's just really like flute-like and all of these notes at the same time and it, it to me it's like the sound of the forest in summer it's just like, yeah, this really cool call. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you just like look up the version that's been recorded online, it's still like really powerful. It's like and- a Disney princess esque. <laughs> yes. yeah. Oh my god, yeah, completely. And yeah, I think like for me, 
it was this bird call, but also just like, you know, going out like with, with my family, like my dad especially, and listening for it and like never being able to see it, but mm-hmm. having this sense of like mystery. And you know, when you're little and you like want to believe like magic is real mm-hmm. and like all these crazy things exist in the world. And I think it was all kind of like embodied in this bird call for me. Excuse me, magic is real and it still is in the world. You just have to know where to mm-hmm. look. Oh, yes, yeah, please. exactly. Like, just look for, for wood thrush mm-hmm. <laughs> calls. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You've yes. got it made. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Exactly. The thrush mm-hmm. calls just generally, especially the, the, the brown thrushes that we have here. There's a few different mm-hmm. yeah. thrushes we have in Wisconsin that are sort of similarly colored. Um, yeah. They're brown <laughs> with spots on their breasts. Um, yes, but they all have really magical sort of sound sounding songs which is Mm. i love it yeah it's fun (laughs) and i think it's also cool because it's so mysterious and you so rarely actually see them especially Mm -hmm. like as a little kid where you're you know like short and you can't see over the branches and Mm -hmm. stuff so it's like it's about the bird but it's also like about this like sense of like being surrounded by the forest and having just like this unknown incredible thing near you and Mm. yeah i mean i guess that Like, for me, I was, like, super lucky to have, you know, like, mentors, like you were talking about, Ashley, too. Um, And so, like, early on, I learned that they migrate. And that just, like, blew my mind, like, that this bird could be here in the summer and be, like, such a part of the landscape here. And then fly, like, this incomprehensible distance and have this other existence. And, yeah, it was just really Mm -hmm. incredible. It still blows my mind, even now, that Mm -hmm. birds migrate. Yeah, completely. And how far they fucking yeah. migrate. Like, right. what the fuck is with that? Right? <laughs> I don't even know, bro. Like little t- teeny tiny ruby-throated hummingbirds, they fly over the Gulf of Mexico. They're so idiot. I know, what is that shit? It's crazy. Yeah, shit honestly, should be illegal. Yeah, cool. Also, if you right. don't believe in magic, you have never seen a hummingbird. Pretty sure that's the Very only way true. they can fly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's actually what a fairy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hummingbird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yup. Also, just crazy that bad. like so many people don't like aren't tuned into this at all or don't mm-hmm. don't notice this. Like, we should all just be completely mind blown every single day, every time we see a bird ever. Yeah. But like, especially the migratory <laughs> birds that are coming back right now from the tropics. I mean, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's dark art right now, and there's a warm front coming up tomorrow. Well, probably tonight. Mm-hmm. There's probably Ooh. hundreds or thousands of birds flying over our heads right now, and we don't even yeah. know it. Yeah. So cool. Uh, John and I were uh. driving back from Colorado on one of the one of the really big nights, and I was literally sitting in the car with my binoculars like on the moon while we were <laughs> driving, trying to see birds mm-hmm. flying past. But it was really hard because oh, we were driving. Yeah. And then I got a headache, so I stopped. Yeah. I would have oh, probably hmm. puked like one minute in. <laughs> I was trying really hard not to do that. But also I was like still having like the altitude thing oh, a little bit too. So yeah. I have, I gave up somewhat quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty real. That makes sense. Kristen, do you have a spark bird? <laughs> I do. And I would wager that all of you could probably guess what it is. Was also. it a loon? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm a, a little embarrassed to admit it because I actually, I didn't start working with loons until the summer after my junior year of college. 
Um, and by that point, I had actually already taken an ornithology class. And I mean, so at Northland, it's really small. So we didn't have like at UW, it's separate. There's like a field ornithology class. And then there's like an ornithology class where you learn like all of the ology things. And then in the field class, you actually learn to identify all the birds. So our class at Northland was like those two things smashed together into one class. And so we did, we like got out and went birding and like, I know that I saw a parasitic Jaeger on Lake Superior and apparently that just wasn't enough to be a spark bird for me. Like I was like, oh, Oh birds are kind of cool, but like I'm not really paying attention to them. And like, I'm a cool (laughs) college kid. I don't care about birds, (laughs) (laughs) which is really embarrassing now. I was that kid. Um, Yeah. I got an A in the class, but I did not. Yeah, it wasn't enough to spark me apparently, which is a bummer because I had a really like my teacher was incredible. He was so cool. And he was mm-hmm. so passionate and it really should have been my spark there. But for some reason mm-hmm. it wasn't. Um, at the time I was a hundred percent convinced I was going to be a fisheries biologist when I grew up. So I was like, birds are cool, but fish are cooler. Mm-mm. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've changed a lot as you all know. <laughs> that I think you came to the correct side. Yeah. I have no regrets, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I think, um, the common loon would have to be my spark bird. That was my first field job working with birds. Mm. And I mostly took it because I liked canoeing. And I was like, yes, I want to <laughs> canoe around like northern Wisconsin all summer by myself. That sounds amazing. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was. But also, I absolutely fell in love with the loons. And mm. I mean, the whole job was watching behavior which was the other thing that really drew me in. Like I absolutely love studying behavior and just watching what all those little motherfuckers are doing out there because they're doing weird (laughs) shit. And it's really cool to watch them and try to kind of like piece out why they're doing certain things and when they're doing them. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, spending time on lakes, watching common loons and watching them copulate on shore and then fall on their faces and then I mean watching them lay their eggs and watching them like fight through the black flies and all of the potential nest predators and have their chicks and then their chicks immediately jumping out of the nest and fucking swimming like the day that they hatch which is completely wild um watching little loon chicks scramble onto their parents backs which is the cutest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life um Mm. Yeah, they're just absolutely magical. And they have magical <laughs> calls. And their mm-hmm. calls are absolutely incredible and they're so they have so many different varied calls mm-hmm. for so many different purposes. I mean like any bird, right? But there's are there's are pretty cool. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing. So there was one specific morning um that the lake that I went to is Flannery Lake in Manaqua. Um <laughs> And it was just completely covered in fog, like like Ooh. so thick that you I like couldn't see the front of my solo canoe that I was uh. paddling. It was so, so thick. Uh. Um, wow. And like the goal is to get out there, find the birds, confirm the individuals because they're all banded. Um, and so I was like in this super thick fog and I was like, how in the world am I going to find the birds on this lake? I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them just started doing what's called a two note whale, which is kind of like the classic loon call, like the one that you think of. Um, and it just called the whole way. And I like paddled just towards the sound. Like I just followed mm. it by listening oh. for it. And it was just really, yeah, I'm going to like start crying thinking about oh, it, but it was yeah, just like, incredible. yeah. Speaking of enchanting, it was just an yeah. absolutely incredible 
morning and then I found the birds and like eventually the fog cleared but yeah it was absolutely mm-hmm. magical and then at that point I had yeah the loons made me start paying attention to everything else too mm-hmm. so definitely the uh, common loon mm-hmm. which is not a duck nope <laughs> I said that for John's benefit he always calls it a duck just to make me angry mm. uh. <laughs> uh, that's rude it's so rude yeah <sighs> okay that's all I got Jen you're up uh, that was magical I feel really I feel very silly about to tell the story no, that I'm going to it. tell after <laughs> I love silly stories um, so my spark bird I also did not get involved in birds like I was cursorily interested in birds but I actually didn't really get into birds until I actually became a grad student <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that's the point at which I was like okay birds are like legit and I'm gonna actually learn how to like ID them more I took mm. a bird ID course when I was in college as like a credit and I also just got an A in it and apparently pigeon gullamots were not enough to be my oh spark oh my bird. god they're uh, so good <laughs> I love their little red feet. Those little red feet. They're so cute. And at the time, I was like, they're so fucking cute. But it wasn't enough to, like, make me be a birder. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I really think about it, like, my spark bird actually happened a long ass time before that. Mm. Um, And it was actually a California scrub jay. Oh, fuck yes. (laughs) Corvids. So I grew up in Los Angeles uh, in California and I had a like my my folks actually had a backyard. Um, it was like I grew up in one of the like suburbs It's kind of like attached to the greater Los Angeles area, mm-hmm. but is actually like 30 miles away from downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had dogs and our dogs ate their meals outside and sometimes our dogs would not finish their food. And so the California scrub jays would come around and actually start eating the food out of the dog bowls, Aww. like and <laughs> eating <laughs> just all the leftover kibble that the dogs spilled, and like drinking the water out of the dog bowls and stuff. And actually, I had noticed this. And when I was eight years old, my dad and I, we were my family was on a trip to Palm Springs, and I decided that instead of going to the Palm Springs Zoo slash wildlife park, I wanted to go wake up at like. 6 a.m. as an eight-year-old and go birding with a bunch of people that were like way older than I was. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So my dad and I went and we saw really cool shit. We saw American pelicans. Mm. We saw burrowing owls. We saw some crazy hawk like just sitting on some barbed wire and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But that was like kind of, I think the the bird that started it all was probably the scrub jay because that actually made me notice kind of like Ashley was saying and my like it just made me notice a lot more and made me think about the natural world a lot more as mm-hmm. opposed to like, yeah, I don't know. There, it was just something so magical because it was something that I like had seen multiple times, but then I actually like noticed mm-hmm. it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. Like that connection and like realizing mm-hmm. that you're like sharing the same space with mm-hmm. like, yeah, in your case, like in your backyard, this whole other world that's going on around you is so cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got for my first story of spark birds. I think oh. we each have a few stories, so we're gonna go round round. Round two, eh? Okay. Round <laughs> with this. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So after my <laughs> first noticing an American goldfinch, it was probably um, 
Well, not until I went to college uh, that I started actually getting more, um, where I started learning about birds in a more rigorous way, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So I started out at a a sort of small, basically two-year state college, um, and mostly because it was close to home and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do except like biology mm-hmm. in general. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mm-hmm. took basically every single biology class I could take there and we, uh, there was, um, I think it was an animal behavior class and like all of the biology classes were taught by the same instructor. Um, mm-hmm. And... The instructor was like really big into herps, uh, herpetiles, reptiles, and amphibians for people yes. not in wildlife. Yes. Um, so like he was really big into snakes and turtles, and he had like s- snakes and turtles in his office, and he like had a tortoise what? in the greenhouse, and I'm like, you yeah. could even rent the tortoise out for an afternoon and like take it out on the lawn. And what? <laughs> I think the tortoise's name was Herman. Um. Yeah, he's still there, I think. Okay, he's still Is there. Herman still there? <laughs> yeah, Herman, yeah, still in the greenhouse. Okay. Still doing great. I'm making it really hard not to laugh right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, what What do you, what, okay, hold on. Did you ever rent Herman? I did not. I did not rent Herman out to go sit <laughs> oh. in the lawn. I should have. Um, what the fuck? Is that a missed opportunity? <laughs> like, can you only sit on the lawn with him, or can you like, I don't know, what what would you do with a tortoise? Take, Take him to it home. Queen? I don't know. Do they like pup cups? <laughs> Pet it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if turtles can handle dairy. Can you race it against a hare? I mean, probably. Oh. We it's should find out do. if Herman is still for rent. <laughs> yes. Does he have a leash? It's a tortoise. They don't move that fast. Ooh. You just sort of like shuffle him out the greenhouse door, I think. I want to take it to a public park and walk it on a leash. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, yeah. I think you just pick it up and take it out the door. No, I want him to walk. It's good for him. Yep. He needs his exercise. <laughs> He's probably he elderly. It's really good for him I to mean, get exercise. I mean, he probably isn't because he wasn't that big. And tortoises. Oh. What kind live of tortoise a long is time. This? I think it was an African, some sort of African tortoise. I don't oh, know. Oh, they live for fucking ever. Yeah, they live a really long time. Yeah. He's probably only like 60. I don't know how old he's Herman was. He's a babe. Was. I didn't. He's a baby. He's fine. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry. Enough Sorry. about Herman. Um,. So, yeah, I had to take this animal behavior class, and as part of the animal behavior class, we, I don't know, we learned probably, like, 15 really common birds that you'd find in Wisconsin. I know one of them was the northern cardinal, and one of them was the American goldfinch, and we learned, like, bald eagle and American robin, and um, the... Classic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just, like, really common sort of backyard birds or, like iconic birds um and i don't know we maybe went out four or five times like listening and looking at the birds there's this little like nature trail sort of woods on the campus and you can sort of walk around and stuff um so that was sort of like my first real introduction to birding 
in a more sort of like strict sense, I guess. Um, and <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, birds are really cool. And like, I could get into this, but I did. I still didn't really know. Like, I didn't have binoculars, for example, and I didn't like know how to yeah. figure that all out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But after mm-hmm. taking that class, I would I did notice birds more. Um like one time I was out on a hike with my mom and I saw this this bird with a black head and back and orange sides mm. and it was making this very sort of pretty song um, and I like took a picture of it and I was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to figure out what this bird is and mm-hmm. I figured out it was an eastern towhee and that was like the first time that yes. I had like mm. looked mm-hmm. at a bird and I was like, I'm going to figure out what it is. Um and then I remember, like, another time we were somewhere in the Baraboo Hills. I don't remember what, like, natural area, but we had just pulled into the parking area and there were a pair of scarlet tanagers, like, flitting about in the oh. trees. And, like, the male scarlet oh. tanager is a really brilliant scarlet color with Magical. beautiful black wings. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is amazing. They're so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm so... That was sort of my introduction into birds. And then I transferred to UW-Madison to finish my undergraduate degree and um, in the wildlife ecology department as an undergrad, you had the option of taking a fish class or the bird class. And I was like, <laughs> fish are slimy and gross and birds are cool. So I'm going to take the bird class. <laughs> Kristen just gave me such the brow. <laughs> We would have hated each other as undergrads. <laughs> um, yeah. So I took the the ornithology class and then the other sort of like half of the class is this uh, birds of southern Wisconsin where you learn basically all of the all of the birds in Wisconsin. And that's how I got into birding uh, mm-hmm. big time. Aww, so. Full circle, the class that you now TA. The class that I now TA, yes. Aww, I, so I know, I was... When I first, like my first day of class, when I was introducing myself, I was like, I was in your shoes exactly nine years ago. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So. It's weird when you actually like quantify the number of years Mm -hmm. that it was since you were an under, not you specifically, but like when I think about myself, sometimes it blows Mm -hmm. my mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. So. We're old as fuck is what we're, we're saying. Fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying it in a nice way. <laughs> so that's how I got into to birding. Um, oh, thanks, Maya. <laughs> Maya just oh, like yeah. put in the chat. She's like, now you're one of the best birders I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but actually that's really true. Ashley is an that amazing is true. Oh, there are people that are way yeah. better than me. Um that's the no, but not that birding. many. <laughs> there always are, no. but like, yeah, no. You make it approachable. Yeah, and at least I know Kristen and I have co- had this conversation, Ashley, and I think Maya and I have also had this conversation, but I don't think that you know how good you are. It's really, really good, Ashley. Okay. <laughs> You're an incredible birder. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've all had the experience of like watching you like identify a bird when we're still like, where the fuck is the bird she's looking at? <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's it's very incredible, and you should be proud of your birding mm-hmm. skills and show them off because it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So much. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, who's next? Maya? Mm. Maya! Yeah, okay. So, whew, second spark bird. I feel like there's so many to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> randomly pick one. Um, okay, so I was kind of talking about migration before and how like migration was kind of like the thing that like definitely made me start thinking more about birds when I was younger and kind of that like transition from um, being like really young, like, you know, like not even in school yet and just being like really fascinated by birds to like being a little bit older and starting to think more about like, you know, like what, what does it mean to like study birds potentially I had like at that point um some of my friends parents were field biologists and I was like oh my god like that's so cool they like are doing these things with their lives that like I can't you know even imagine doing that's really just so cool to watch um but around this time I think one of my like most vivid memories is at the very end of summer in Wisconsin um so like late mid to late August when you're like still like really feeling like it's summer here, migration has already started. Like birds mm-hmm. from north of here are starting to migrate back south. And one of the first mm-hmm. ones is a common nighthawk. And uh. this species, yeah, it's uh. it's really incredible. Um, they're, they're aerial insectivores and they fly at dusk, um, as their name would suggest. They're in the um, <laughs> order Capromogaformes, which we've talked about a few times in this podcast because <laughs> there's so many cool species. Um, and yeah, they just like, they're really graceful um, as they're flying. They have these long pointed wings and um, yeah, just do these like really elaborate kind of like dives and just seeing a whole flock of them go over is like, yeah, it's so interesting. Um, but yeah, so if you, they also um, tend to start migrating south like kind of opportunistically. So when like a really big storm comes through in the late summer, oftentimes you have this like, um, like a lot of like these storm clouds are moving through and then birds are just like everywhere all of a sudden. And so, yeah, I remember like seeing that a few times and being so fascinated and curious about like where they were coming from, where they were going to. And yeah, that was definitely, oh, and also really fun because I, I guess, so like family friends at that point would all like call each other when the nighthawks were flying over. And like, as a little kid, that's so fun when you like get a call that's like, go outside right now, like 150 (laughs) nighthawks. Yeah, it was great. That's great. Uh, I can just imagine it, like doing field work at the end of summer, there were always be Uh, flocks of nighthawks like going over. And it's just, I don't know, I really enjoy it. And also, but it's sort of like, a little sad in a way because you're like oh yeah they're migrating south and it's sort of like the end of summer (laughs) yeah it's a really intense feeling especially maybe when you're young too and like don't fully understand like the Mm -hmm. whole just like time passing thing and it's yeah like the end of a season and this like thing is so far beyond your control but that's still like really beautiful but you're like oh my god like no (laughs) they're leaving (laughs) you know like what like half a year which is like an incomprehensible amount of time to a Mm five-year-old absolutely yeah sorry the cat one of my cats Mm -hmm. olive wanted to be in here while we were recording and now she has decided she needs to be out so she's just going to be yelling for a little bit i think Uh (laughs) oh that's perfect is this olive yes classic 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 olive Olive. (laughs) yeah indeed (laughs) Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. 
Is it me? Are you? Yeah. Is that all you got, Maya? Krista. That is all you. Um, okay. I was prepared for this eventuality that I would have to choose a second one. But yeah, there are so many that it's really hard to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I have to go with the black rail. Oh. Mm. Yes. Um, not the California black rail, but the, the eastern <laughs> black rail. Um, so I guess the background of the story is that I worked in South Carolina as a waiting bird technician for one of my other field jobs, like in between undergrad and grad school. And I was mostly working with wood storks, which was freaking bomb. They're really fun, really cool birds. But there were two other women who were hired at the same time as me, and they were like the black rail technicians. And so like throughout the season, a few times I got to like tag along on these black rail surveys. And I was basically like, why would you ever want to do this? Because black (laughs) rails are so elusive. They're really hard to see. You're really lucky if you ever even hear one. Um, And they're much, much, much more rare than they were, what, probably like 25 or 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And the crazy thing about them is just how little we actually know about like their ecology, even their habitat needs are a little bit unclear. Um, We didn't really know like even what they ate um, or what kind of marshes they liked. Yeah. So they're marsh birds. I should have backed up and said that too. (laughs) Um, But they live in these really tall marsh grasses. And so often like you can be in the marsh with a black rail and it can be like a foot from you and you can hear it, but you still can't see it. Mm -hmm. Um, And lo and behold, So I worked as a wood stork technician. And then the following year, um, the woman that I worked for in South Carolina, who's absolutely incredible. Her name is Christy Hand. She's one of the best mentors I've ever had. (laughs) Um, I love her so much. She really got me into bird research. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the next year she was looking for someone to lead the black rail team. And she was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Which is funny because the year before I was like, why in the world would you want to waste your time looking for these birds that probably like they probably don't even really exist. Um, But it turns out they do. And so the next year I spent the whole summer looking for these little asshole birds that are so hard to find. They are. Yeah, so it was a struggle. I mean, but I can't even explain. So there was one particular marsh in South Carolina um, on one of these DNR properties that, like, reliably had black rails. And so Mm. I still remember the first time that I actually heard one. Like, I had spent a lot of time listening to recordings of their calls and trying to make sure that, like, when I was out in the field, I would be able to recognize the call. Um, Mm -hmm. And the first time that I actually heard one of these little guys call, I started crying because it was just so magical to actually be like, okay, this bird Mm -hmm. that I'm looking for is actually here and they're out there. They're out there somewhere. They're just really hard to find. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so some of the work that my boss from there has done, Christy Hand, she um, has like basically led up all of the efforts in South Carolina to try to understand the ecology of the species. And, um, it was proposed for listing under the endangered species act. And so to make a decision about whether it needs to be listed, you have to have some basic background knowledge of like, how many birds are there? How many birds did there used to be? And we just didn't know any of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she's been the one figuring all of this stuff out. 
And there's a really good article about her written for, I think, the Post and Courier in South Carolina, which is like one of the oldest newspapers there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's a really good article. And she has put out so that I've never the funny part, I guess, is that I studied them for like a season and a half and I've still never seen one in person. Uh, I've literally mm-hmm. never seen a black rail and I was actually studying them, which is so wild, but it really gives you an appreciation for like the elusive, like that mysteriousness mm-hmm. of the marsh and everything mm-hmm. that lives there. Um, but yeah, now I've lost my train of thought because I'm just thinking about trying to wade through the freaking marshes um, <laughs> and find these. Bo- oh, it- shit. I just laughed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was doing so well. I was just imagining the few times that I like fell into the marsh, like up to my neck. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's really rough. Um, yeah, that was probably the toughest conditions I've ever had in the field ever. Just the number, the sheer number oh of mosquitoes. Oh. Yeah. Like you could yeah. not hear. So we had like, we were listening for black rails, but we had like a certain other number of like focal species that we were listening for. And you couldn't hear the birds over the buzz of the mosquitoes oh. in your ears. Oh, like it's just God. so loud. Yeah, it was just yeah. brutal, but it makes you appreciate even more when you actually find areas where those birds are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. she is leading up habitat protection for the black rail, the eastern black rail. And yeah, she started putting out um, cameras like trail cams in the marsh. And Mm -hmm. so she's gotten some really cool pictures of black rails and like black rail families like them with their little their little fledglings. Um, They just look like little black cotton balls because I mean, okay, so a black rail is a marsh bird. It's about the size of a sparrow. So they're really little, but it's a rail. So they have big feet like a coot. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're re- they're really cool. You should Google them if you haven't seen them before. It's a really cool bird. Um, super elusive. Would, yeah. But yeah, so they were, I think they just got approved for listing mm-hmm. as threatened under the Endangered wow. Species Act. So there's finally Good. some protections in place for those little guys that are not doing super well. And they need um, like high marsh habitat. Mm-hmm. So with sea level rise, that's mm-hmm. becoming a real mm-hmm. issue. We're losing a lot of high marsh. Shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... The black rail, an appreciation for a bird that you can't actually see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can't can't imagine doing a whole summer of rail surveys. I helped out on some rail surveys mm-hmm. a couple times in New Jersey in the salt marshes, and oh yeah, we got a lot of clappers. We got a lot of clapper rails and yep. nothing else. I think we we're looking for Virginia yeah. king yellow and black as well. And mm-hmm. Yeah. None of them. Yeah, so many clappers. We heard tons of kings as well. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, one, maybe like one yellow and a few Virginias. Mm -hmm. So many Soras. Soras. (laughs) They're so good. I love Soras. Such a good bird. So good. And then like um, seaside sparrows and salt marsh sparrows. And all of the Willets. Oh my God, there's so many Willets. (laughs) We weren't listening for those ones. That was not a focal species, but there were so many of them. And they just, they don't shut up. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Wait, Ashley, did you work for Sharp? Um, So I didn't, but I was, I was sort of a general biology intern um, on this national wildlife refuge. So we got to help out with a variety of things. And so we helped out with some of the Sharp surveys. Yeah. That's so cool. Y'all need to y'all need to say what and sharp is. Salt marsh um, it habitat. is 
something. An avian restoration project. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Clutch. Yes. Clutch. I don't. Yeah. I, the Sharp is a really cool like marsh bird project that's been going on for a long time. I don't mm-hmm. miss the like muck in my boots and falling into salt marsh ditches, mm-hmm. but or the yeah. greenheads. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are the, the fucking worst. These flies. Horrible oh. flies. The worst flies I've ever, ever Ooh. been exposed to. Yeah, I think are those mm. the same as yellow flies or are they separate? I don't know. I don't know. In South Carolina, they called Why? them yellow flies, and it was the fucking worst. They're so <sighs> brutal. They're God. these biting flies, and they would like make me bleed, and they could bite mm-hmm. through denim. I would be wearing jeans, yep. and they oh. would bite me through the oh. denim, and I would just yep. itch for days. Mm-hmm. It's oh. it was the worst. Yeah, I disliked it a lot, yeah. but. Otherwise, it was fun. Oh. Like cocaine mosquitoes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Wait, okay. So wait, one one more story that's not bird related. <laughs> so I found Milo in South Carolina and he also hated the flies. And like for the most part, it was fine because they couldn't bite through his fur. But when they realized that they couldn't bite through his fur, they would they would land on his like on like on his ears, but then also like on his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, and I always Milo. felt so bad because then they would bite him and then he would freak out and sit down and refuse to stand up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just like That's such a Milo thing. <laughs> that made me like tense up a little bit because I was like, I yeah, yeah, want flies I fighting really bad my for him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Milo is also my roommate. So yeah, you get a lot of butthole roommates. Yeah, a lot of roommate butthole stories. (laughs) I can call this the roommate butthole episode. (laughs) Now it's called that. (laughs) I I am glad that you called yourself on laughing because I actually was going to take a group poll on whether or not that constituted a laugh. Because I was like, I am. I well now we're way like ninety percent. She's. Oh, I've laughed like 20 times times now. Well, after the first one, I was like, I'm just going to start laughing again because I miss laughing. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the best part about this podcast. It's true. The laughter is is contagious. Well, see, there was a couple of times where you went, you like breathed out, but you went, uh hum, and you kind of (laughs) smiled and like slightly laughed. And I was like, oh, I think. It was a laugh. It was like me trying to like hold back a laugh. I've given up. I'm over it. It's fine. Whatever. I didn't want my own cocktail anyway. (laughs) Ow. That hurt. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's allergies. Oh, the pollen is wild right now. Yeah. It's so bad. My car had a light just pollen glaze Ooh, on it yes today. a dusting mm-hmm. yeah. the pollen glaze <laughs> <laughs> i love it when the trees just start jizzing all over everything it's great it's my favorite <laughs> season it is, though springtime <laughs> literally plant sperm no okay <laughs> even if i had made it to that point i would have laughed at that so i'm calling it good <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So 
I'm trying to think. Because there's a story I want to tell, but I don't know that it's actually a spark bird. I mean, I guess it kind of is. Um, Do it. Because I like really remember it. Okay. So <laughs> as an undergrad in uh, Santa Cruz, California, which is like 80 miles south of San Francisco approximately, and it's on the coast, and it's just this really awesome like landscape of redwood trees, which is the oldest and tallest, one of the <gasps> oldest tree species in the world, and it's also the tallest tree species in the world. And my campus was like there, but it also had mm. this crazy like agriculture presence. So like there were fields that were on campus, which was in the middle of a redwood forest. There were fields that just like had cows on them. <laughs> well, um, and wild. a big ass farm. Yeah, it's such a wild campus. Um, it was it was pretty cool. I had a good time. But this story, I don't know. This is a weird story because I was actually like coming back from my internship at the campus farm. I'm a little too drunk to tell this story. <laughs> no, you're doing great. See, this is how I always you're tell stories. It. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> um, so I was, I was going home from my internship at the campus farm and the bus driver pulled over like three seconds after he had left the bus stop and was like everybody get off the bus what? and i was like oh shit the bus broke down yeah. like mm-hmm. there's like obviously oh, the bus broke down and we all got off the bus and he pointed out in the field and there was a golden eagle <gasps> just sitting on top of a deer oh, carcass whoa. eating it oh my <laughs> god that's so cool wow and we all just like the entire bus just like stood there watching this golden eagle and we were like wow this is incredible and i just remember it being like so amazing because it was so close it was literally like probably 20 to 30 meters from us Mm -hmm. like that's how close it was to the road and it was a field so you could see it like Mm -hmm. it was just grasses and it was so clear and it was just like it was really really awesome to see like all of these people connecting with this bird and the bus driver like Eventually, after a few minutes, like, all right, everybody get back on the bus. And we all got back on the wow. bus and we left. It was like being on a field trip when you were in, like, kindergarten. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a cool oh. bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> I know, That's right? Awesome. Like, for seeing it, number one. Yeah. And then number two, being, like, everyone else on this bus, like, half of which were undergrads who were high as hell. <laughs> right. Like, Santa Cruz. <laughs> Santa Cruz. <laughs> right. Santa Cruz. And the, just being like, no, everybody needs to see this bird. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm. It was so cool. Yeah. I don't know so much about golden eagles. I just think that they're, it was like that experience I think was really powerful. Mm-hmm. That and I saw a California condor. That's like, ah! That was amazing. Yeah, that was my senior year when I decided one. I was actually interested in birds. Oh my God. We will go to California. And eat fucking amazing sushi and see California <laughs> Sushi. <laughs> the dream. But yeah. I'm just dreaming. So of- I don't know. Sorry. Hmm. No. No, go. This is totally off topic. I was just thinking about dharmas. Oh, my God. Okay, you have to tell everybody about dharmas. <laughs> Do I feel like this is your thing. Like, you told me about dharmas, and I feel weird now spreading. I mean, maybe spreading it to other people is the way to go. Anyway, it's this amazing. Yeah, share the love. Is it vegan or vegetarian? I think it's all vegan, isn't it? It's 
No, it's vegetarian okay. and vegan. So you can get dishes. All the dishes are vegetarian, but you can get them vegan. Yeah. Okay. It's this restaurant in Santa Cruz. And listeners, if you ever find yourself in Santa Cruz, do yourself a favor and go to Dharma's because they have the most incredible food. And I'm <laughs> I'm specifically saying incredible food, not incredible vegetarian food, because the food is just amazing. I don't care mm. if you're vegetarian or not. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much like comfort food. but with a vegetarian Mm -hmm. twist and it's amazing i mean the chicken mole burrito (sighs) the chick it's not even fair to call it a burrito though it's literally just a tortilla that they pile shit in and then go well it doesn't you can't roll it now so we're just gonna fold the top over (laughs) yep also it's not chicken it's vegetarian but it tastes yeah right right yeah Yeah. it's magical oh Mm. so good the night before <sighs> Cody and I got married. I'm going to ruin this for my family. Do it. The night before Cody and I got <laughs> married, our wedding night was spent getting hella high and just eating dharmas and then falling oh. asleep. <laughs> I was just going to say that should be the order of operations. If you like, if anyone ever goes to Santa Cruz, first of all, you find yourself oh some of the good, good green grass and then you go to dharmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yes. Hands down. Oh. It's the, the only way to do it. I miss Santa Cruz. <laughs> I can't wait to oh. go there with you all. Oh. It's going to be so good. Yeah, it's going to be so good. We're going to hit up all the local. I'm just excited. I'm excited for the birds. I'm more excited for the food. It's a problem. <laughs> nah, I don't think that's a problem. All right, we can end it there. Ashley, you did such a good job introducing us. Do you want to take us out? Um, Sure. I guess that's <laughs> all we have. So I'm Ashley Ola. No, 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 wait, no, 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 not there, not there. We need no. to do the no, social medias. Well, and, uh, okay. And, uh, you, I, <laughs> you can hear my name again. Um, we're going to do the social medias and stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I meant like you got to so wrap up. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. This was a disaster. I should have been clearer. That was That's on me. This is, this is my fault. <laughs> I don't know what you want. No, I was going to say you did such a good job introducing us. You should like wrap up the subject of like those are our spark oh. birds and you should tell, yeah, the, the, the wholesome thing. Well, um, okay. So we talked about how we got into birds and... <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. You already listened to the whole thing. You heard us. Don't ask questions. <laughs> well, I was thinking about, I guess I was thinking about, that was an amazing, that was amazing. Actually, I don't want to fuck um, it up. That was, that was, I do have one thing. That was beautiful. If, if, if you all, listeners, have spark birds in your own life you should tell us mm-hmm. yes we would yeah. love to hear yes. it oh my god and and if you don't have a spark bird just like go sit in your backyard mm-hmm. for like five minutes and just fucking notice <laughs> yeah. because it will blow your mind what you can see in your own backyard yeah. Mm-hmm. which reminds me that we have baby bunnies in the backyard right now and they're really cute I was just thinking, too, that, like, all of us started from really humble beginnings, whether it was our families or just, like, something that we noticed or, like, a job even that got us interested in birding. And it was all at such different life stages mm-hmm. for each of us, mm-hmm. too. Like, mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's just it's so different for every person. And it's literally never too late to get excited about something that's in your own backyard. So yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that just gave me goosebumps. It's just yeah, it's, it's so true. I love that. It's never it's absolutely never too late. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off real quick, Jen. And like, don't, don't be like, feel like you have to, you know, see certain number of birds or be able to identify like you know all of the birds birding is just like a really personal thing for people and there are people of all skill levels mm-hmm. and none of them mm-hmm. is better or worse than the other so just look at birds listen to yeah. birds however much you want to <laughs> you don't have to you know see a thousand birds in your life or something to to feel like a birder um, <laughs> if you just notice the 10 birds in your backyard and that's all you look at that's mm-hmm. amazing yeah that's so true mm-hmm. i have i think exactly two <laughs> shout outs at Woo! this point <laughs> um <laughs> the first is to HS Satya Chandra Sagar or at Sagara underscore HSSC on Twitter. Um, Thank you for retweeting us and for plugging some of our shows. And we also have a thank you to Dolphy Amelie or at Amelie Dolphy on Twitter. Um, Thank you so much for following us, for tweeting about the show, um, for, you know, telling your friends about us. We really appreciate you. and all of that it's it means a lot means that you're enjoying the show and also also we're in a Mm -hmm. a birding group chat with them so they sort of know us already and then they tell other people about (laughs) us but the obligation but there was what (laughs) it's true though (laughs) we may we may have we may have told them we would only go birding with them if they followed us on social media so (laughs) what you may have i didn't (laughs) Uh, <laughs> well, Ashley, you're just a better person than I, I mean, am, I guess. I mean, we all know it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jen. I know who I am. No, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with it. It's fine. <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting Ashley to say for some reason. <laughs> I'm so happy it happened. That is on par with what I expected Ashley to say. Yeah. I'm, I have so I have to tell you, Ashley, I am appreciating the amount of sass that I'm yeah. receiving from you. Like it is warming my heart. Oh, it makes me so happy. Yeah, I feel like it's like the end of the semester after teaching undergrads for a whole semester. Sass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, Completely. I love is- teaching undergrads, but it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now we can get to the social medias. So if you want a shout out of your own, you should probably contact us on social media. <laughs> yes. Kristen. Oh, is that me? Uh, okay. So you can find us <laughs> at Flocktail Hour on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or all of the above. Uh, our website is flocktailhour.com. And our Gmail, if you want to hit us up with an email and send us some puns about poop, preferably, or is flocktailspodcast at gmail.com. 
fucking yeah. nailing it, girl. Oh yeah. Wow. Damn. Oh <laughs> I want to take that. I want to take that promo plug you just did and marry it. <laughs> Do it. Yes. All right. We should get out of here because we're turning into a bunch of twelve-year-olds. <laughs> a bunch of pumpkins, like Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ashley, take us out. Ashley, do the thing. Okay. I mean, I'll probably do it wrong, but I'll do it. Um, No, you won't. Okay. So that's the end of the show. You made it. Woo. Um, Woo. (laughs) Woo. Yay. I'm Ashley Ola. I'm Maya Pershing. (laughs) I'm Kristen Brunk. And I'm Jen Schneiderman. Bye. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Sorry, this is a dumpster fire. I'm turning into a pumpkin. I'm leaving. It wasn't that much of a dumpster yeah. fire. <laughs>